What's up, guys? It's Trent Mills. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the first episode of the Inside Look podcast. Today, we have special guest Brian Sumner joining with us. He's a pro skateboarder from Liverpool, England, and we can't wait to hear from him. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Brian? How you doing? What's going on? I woke up at 8.15, so not, not as much as you. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. wanted to um, have you like share about more of your testimony, how you went from moving yeah. to America at a young age from England. Yeah. Pro skateboarder for Tony Hawk. Yeah. And then how you story from going from a pro skateboarder to now being a pastor. Yeah, you know, um, it's funny, and we can just, because you want to focus on those main thoughts, sometimes I kind of churn through it like when you're preaching at a church to get to a sermon or a youth group. But, you know, just growing up as a kid in Liverpool, like we said, home of the Beatles, you know, football. And I joke, it's that ball you kick with your foot. You know, it's, it's we call your guys football American football because we have rugby. But yeah. you don't really realize it, but you're nine, you're 10, and you're kind of like, what's really going on with life? I wasn't raised in the church. I remember going to sleep at times, like fearing death. Like, what happens when you die? And I remember getting to like that age where I didn't know anything about what I thought life was about. I, I loved martial arts. I enjoyed playing soccer, I guess. But then I remember seeing that movie, Police Academy 4, which I didn't realize how famous it was. You know, coming from England, we would get WWF. We would get The Simpsons, Married with Children. These were all these cool American things we loved. So here's this movie, but in it, David Spade skating. And I seen that and just thought, oh, this is like Hollywood stunts. But no, it was these guys that I now know doing all these real tricks. Fast forward, what, a few months. I'm in New Jersey, like I said, staying with my sisters. And there's a skate shop, a surf shop. A guy comes riding down the street. I had an old skateboard, but this was like a real skateboard. This guy did an ollie. I'm looking at this thing. I go in the store on my 13th birthday, buy a skateboard. And literally, I went back to Liverpool and you got to realize in Liverpool, there's a lot of fighting in each school. Everyone fights to figure out who's the toughest kid in the school. And they actually have names for it, names I wouldn't even use now. And so I'd gotten into a lot of fights. And I'm thinking, am I going to get caught up, you know, in the partying? And all my friends are, you know, it's the Doors and it's uh, Jim Morrison and Pink Floyd and the Beatles and Bob Marley. And that's this music people like. But generally, it's all the kids I know just getting stoned and popping acid and starting to drink a lot going to raves I just didn't want a part of it but I didn't know what I wanted to do and so here comes skateboarding and I used to say with the interviews prior and hopefully for younger listeners they understand this it was like my life was my life but then once I picked up a skateboard that became my life I couldn't put it down you know having a son today he wants to skate all day he wakes up dad can you text this guy can we go to a skate park can we go here that's how it was for me, five, six, seven hours a day of skating. And so after two or three years, you're getting better. In England, the thing I tell the kids, you know, because how old are you? You're 19. Yeah, so 19. it's really crazy to think that in England you can finish school when you're 15 or 16 oh, because yeah. they cram it all in and you pretty much go to college when you're 17, 18. So I'm finishing school at 15. I'm doing well on grades. I'm going to go to art school. I've now been skating a couple, like, you know, four or so years. There's a massive skate scene in England. I'm winning some contests. I'm in the magazines. 
And my friend Jeff Rowley, hometown hero, one of the best skaters to me that ever lived, and my pioneer, they wanted someone back in England to represent their brand flip. And so they gave me some product, gave me some boards. And you got to think, you know, how many people in England are actually going to get sponsored? And I mean sponsored in a way where you get to go live in America where I live here now because skating opened that door. Didn't know God, didn't care about God, had never been to church. There was a huge Catholic church down the street. And all I've seen was a couple of priests, cars show up when there was a death. We played soccer in there and whatever. But that was the extent of my faith. I didn't, you know, Liverpool's very eclectic. A lot of Buddhist, Hindus, a lot of Muslims, a lot of very spiritual. And I don't mean you and I would say new age now, but it wasn't like that. It was just like, yeah, I mean, there's probably spirits and ghosts are real. And we just got to be loving and very kind of calm without really trying to live it, you know, but protesting things. And so there I am now getting sponsored, invited to live in California with a guy called Andrew Reynolds and Jim Greco from Connecticut and a couple of the people, skaters. And my dream is suddenly coming true. You know, the American dream. I mean, I love the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan. I love the Simpsons. I look, you know, I remember it sounds funny to you, but I remember going to 7-Eleven the first time I was on vacation and it was like, you get drinks this big, which, you know, you're 19, you're used to this. I'd never even seen drinks this big, big gulps, and then Lay's barbecue chips, and, and I always joke, caramellos, <laughs> and I'm a chocoholic, so America is like perfect, but now I'm getting invited over, I'm making about four or 500 bucks a month, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're, you know, 17, 18, and you're eating Del Taco all the time, that's all you need. Yeah. All your, all your boards are free. The company's paying your rent. And now skating just explodes. Tony Hawk and going around the world with them. Now you're 18, 19. You're pro. You've got tech decks. You know, there's video games using your shoes. You're making ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a month. And all you're doing is what you were doing when you were 14. Skating blows up. And, and biblically, we'd say, you know, I'm gaining the whole world, but I still don't know God. I'm losing my soul. And, and this is the thing to say is that these dreams are important. You know, for my son, am I going to tell him, don't do this? Here's what God has. I don't know what God has for my kids. Yeah. You know, so it's more no use what's, what, what you love. If you're going to have a lot of Christian athletes on, man, use the basketball court. Use surfing. Use all of these things. Do this. So there's me skating. Dude, there's me skating. And while I'm doing this, I'm gaining it all. I don't have a clue about my life, 19, 20, 21. Um, and so think about this, making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. You're in the magazines and the videos. It's not this kind of fame where like it matters. Everyone in California kind of, you know, skates, so it's not a big deal. In the skate realm, it's huge. But you're on top of the realm you kind of created. And so at 19, I meet this girl from Huntington Beach. And... We fall madly in love. Prior to that, you know, she was a few years older than me. I'd lived in New Jersey with her boyfriend, but originally from here. She comes back, we connect. And then basically within four months of just being together nonstop, I'm about to go back to England. I can't deal with being away. We go out to Vegas. We get married. Uh, we're pregnant soon after. And so now I'm, what, 19, 20? And I'm a professional skateboarder. My life's traveling the world, great money, the magazines. And I say that because it is cool. You know, when, when, the, when the magazine comes out that month and you and me are pro skaters and we're looking through and you did this or he did that and it's our community, it's like your religion. You know, videos are coming out. 
now married to this girl, I have a son, life's good. But the reality is, if you were to stop me and said, if we were doing an interview back then, Brian, you're going on tour. Hey, man, what do you think about sin? I'd be like, what? What do you mean? Yeah. Well, that's your opinion. Well, of course I've lied. I don't try and lie, but I mean, I'm human. I had no grasp on the reality. And I'm saying that to say, you go into life, and the Bible teaches us this. We want it to be perfect. I mean, I'm in the whole school, homeschool room right now, and we want this behind us perfect. We want the microphone to sound perfect. You go into marriage, you expect it to be perfect. You can have this kind of house, this kind of fence, this kind of fine, you know, all this stuff. But you put two sinners together. I mean, most people have never even thought, just deal with yourself. Deal with the thoughts you might have had just interviewing me. Deal with the thoughts you might have had this week. You put two people together now to get married, to live happily ever after. You begin to realize what's in you. Within a year or two of fighting, we're separated, we're divorced. So picture being a skater who's 22, 23, don't ever want to get divorced, trying to do this right, aiming to live happily ever after, no clue about God, and there's money coming in, life's great. And I, it was hard for me. It was the first thing that really hadn't worked. Uh, college worked, uh, art school, school was fine, getting sponsor was fine, America was fine. And now, wait a minute, I'm this young guy who loved this girl and got married to stay married, and now I'm divorced. And, and I should say this, you know, I'm, and you're letting me say a lot, hopefully it's helping people. First of all, notice that my accent's crazy, you know, Liverpool and America just sounds like I'm speaking in tongues, I'm sure. But the reality is, you know, and some people, I have to tell them where I'm from or they won't even listen to what I'm saying. But what that did for me was growing up doing mar like loving martial arts. People don't realize a lot about Bruce Lee, but he was very influenced by Eastern philosophy. And that made you think I'm reading these books when I'm 9, 10, 11, 12. So now in the middle of my life with this kind of breakdown, I'm like, I got to figure out what's true. And so what do I begin to do? Look at all these different faiths. I get in a couple of fights, I'm on probation, I've got to go to community service. And this is all while I'm in the magazines and more money's coming in. But I, had to, I remember looking up and saying, God, I'm going to prove that you're not real because if I can prove, prove you're not real, nothing matters. If there's no God, then sorry to tell you this, but you, know, you just evolved. You're just goo. You're nothing in the primordial soup that came about supposedly millions, perhaps billions of years president doesn't matter riots don't matter racism doesn't matter skating this podcast why even do it it's all in your head it's all fake emotion or you're made for a reason you're made for a purpose this podcast does matter everything we do matters and that was the first time of really asking that question so where do you look every kind of faith buddhism hinduism and jehovah witness mormon all my rest of friends but where do i get the answers i mean the Bible. Yeah. So that was how it started. That's where I got to. So any thoughts for you? I mean, in the middle of that sticking out or you're, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I saw your I Am Second video. Yeah. It was a little while ago. And your, your story, so yeah, I'm not an emotional person, but hmm. that, that, that was hitting me hard because like seeing how like, hmm. seen, like all these pro athletes, but like when you see behind, like it's not all what you think. Like they're, yeah, they're humans too. They still go through things. And so, oh yeah, yeah. And it was what I thought was pretty cool in that video is when you got the community service sheet and it said <laughs> in the bottom you can do the 
Christian the Christian thrift store. store. I was like, that is awesome. And that was well, kind of- it's 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 funny because you know, and I remember now, like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. You know what I mean? And it's like community service. And I'm like, what is that? I'm from England and I'm not even a citizen yet. So I'm legal, but I'm like, is this gonna stop me being here? And when I see and here's the thing for people to understand. I don't remember ever meeting a Christian in England. There was a Mormon that would come by our doors and there was a Jehovah Witness lady that my mom was friends with, a lot of Muslims, a lot of spirituality, but I don't ever remember a Christian. Sure, there was Catholics, but not in the sense where it was about Jesus and the gospel. Sin was never talked about. It was like, oh, he died on the cross and Mary. And that was the extent I thought about it. So as I'm doing community service, I figured going to a Christian thrift store, first of all, at the time, skating was very kind of 90s, you know, and like dickies and slacks and just button up shirts. That's all thrift stores have. This is going to be like just going and hanging out. And yeah, they made me work, folding clothes, everything smelled, there was moths everywhere, but they were believers. And so I got to be around these guys. And when I went in the store, one of the things they did was they gave me the case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Oh, yeah. Lee Strobel actually sent me yeah. a book after he heard my testimony because he's like, it's so cool that that book reached you. And then they would give you extra points if, you know, you went to the church in the night and you cooked some of the hamburgers and the fries. I've never cooked anything in my life. You know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm living on candy. So I'm now in church and I'm looking at the guy talking about tithing and I'm looking at this, Tom, I'm, I'm judging it, but not to judge it. I just want to find truth. But yeah. so what's happening is as we're moving along, I just opened up Genesis 1 and it says, let us make man in our image. And my question was, well, God, if I'm made in your image, why does life suck? If I'm made in your image, why am I divorced? I mean, if you're, because you come in with this idea that God is just there to, I don't even know the word bless, but why am I going to let my kids have a bad life if I, if I can stop it? Yeah. So from a normal, natural, supposed perspective, not being born again, your thought is, well, God, if you're good, why is life hurt? Why didn't you make us so there wasn't a divorce? And that would be him making us robots. So as I'm reading this, you know, you get to that famous story in the garden. Okay, supposedly there's a tree and there's some kind of fruit. But when you read it and you allow God to speak, mm-hmm. God puts them in this garden. Everything's there they needed. None of the animals are trying to kill them. I mean, you can juggle black widow spiders and you're not going to get killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could brown recluses could be, you could play with rattlesnakes. You're good. I mean, it sounds silly, but the point is there was never death. But God says in the day you eat of this tree, you're going to die when you make that choice. So Adam and Eve made that choice. They were deceived by the serpent, which is already crazy because he says after this, you will crawl on the ground. So prior to that, was the serpent walking? Was he standing? You know what I mean? That's what snakes already do. Who was this being? And we know it was a fallen one, obviously. You know, an angel, a Satan, the Satan, hearing that, okay, God, you're saying I'm in this world, and man sinned, which I know I've done. I've lied. I've lusted. I've, I'm not living for you, God. Well, what are you going to do? And that's when the Old Testament became the story of God speaking to man, speaking his life giving it in the form of, you know, 10 commandments and the law. But the whole time it was about God reaching out to people that were trusting in him. And so you get to the new Testament. Here's Jesus, the lamb of God, the way became flesh. Wait a minute. Are you saying thousands of years of prophecy are about this man? 
and all the other religions I'd looked at, all the other things I'd challenged, it all was contradictory. And people would say that about the Bible, but I have a Bible in my room, a Bible. I was walking through a park. I said, God, I don't have a Bible. I need one. And as I got to this bench in the park, there was a brand new, like $50 Bible wrapped up, just sitting on a table. And I walked up and I just was like, oh, this isn't one of those like wow. paper Bibles. So I had that Bible. And I say that because I took a, a pink pen and I went through everything I could read. Why are people 900 years old? Why is this person's testicles get crushed? Why do the birds come out of the forest and maul the youth? What does this mean? I mean, it would be funny to go back and read. We could do a bunch of podcasts on what I was thinking then because my notes are there. Like, I mean, it's probably words I wouldn't want to use now that I'm writing there. What does this you know, bleep, bleep, bleep mean? But I was wanting truth and God can handle that. Then you get to the New Testament and you realize this is all pointing to that we need a sacrifice. We need blood. As barbaric as it sounds, we need Christ. And ultimately what happened was I bought a home and my wife and I were still divorced. And in this room that I'm looking at over here, which is now my daughter's room, I just had, I'm almost done with community service. I came home, we fought like crazy. And I went in that room. And here's the most important part. For those who might have seen this Brian Sumner guy that maybe they have my skateboard or this guy sounds funny or someone shared this story. You've got to hear, you know, from this guy is you can be going to church, having a Bible, even with your name on it, talking about God, but not know him. And yeah, that's what sure. I didn't understand. I didn't. You can be a pastor's kid and not know him. We don't know who knows him. You'll know them by the fruit. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees then. So look at the way you're living. But for you and I, this should be spiritual fruit. What I say that for is I was reading. I was in the Greek. I was in the Hebrew. I knew things. But in that room that night, seven months into doing community service, because I was doing it on and off because I was traveling. And I, I got down on my knees. And here's the thing. I say this a lot when I travel and speak. I was going to God just to give me answers fix my life help me understand you know make me feel better but there was a massive issue and the issue of course you know is sin i'm separated from him he can hear me but he's not listening the bible teaches he's not walking in step with me he's there the common grace of god is everywhere you'd say now when i go in that room i'm like i'm done i'm sick of fighting with this woman i've been searching all these faiths but what i didn't realize till then was I'd never repented of my sin. I never really understood it was about sin. And in that moment, I said, God, I get it. I need forgiveness. And I'll give you my life, give you my skating. I'll get baptized. If you want me to get remarried, God, I'll do that. And it's crazy because that was the moment for me when I knew that God was arriving. Like, you know, I probably read 20, 30 Bruce Lee books. There wasn't as many out then as there is now, but my whole mindset was philosophy and treating people right, even though I wasn't. And suddenly in the second, I remember being like, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. Um, and it was, it, was, it was one of these prayers that was like OCD. It was like, okay, I, I'm done with everything. Every, and I was sitting there. I was, I was 12 o'clock in the morning. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, Yahweh. I was making sure God knew I was talking to him. <laughs> but what's crazy was when I was like, Lord, I need your forgiveness. I need you. And it wasn't like a magic prayer but the Holy Spirit was dealing with me. And I can only explain it as being in that room, calling out to him for who knows how long, 20, 30 minutes. That's not why he responds, by the way. That was just my experience. And it was like I felt 
I knew at that moment the Holy Spirit was there and present. And God's presence is everywhere, you know, He's omnipresent. But I knew at that moment that I was being born again. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. When Jesus tells Nicodemus in John 3, you can't even see this kingdom until you're born again. The podcast I do called Foolishness. You can't understand this gospel. It's foolishness to you till the scales are gone, till your ears are open, till your heart is changed. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit dealt with me. And I sat on that bed laughing, but yet weeping. I can't believe this. I mean, you take this for granted, you know, as the pastor's kid, of course. Or my kids, I mean, there's Bibles everywhere. I think Oswald Chambers books up here. They're just used to this. We have godly wisdom around the house. I'd never known this, never had this moment of experience. And in that instant, God got a hold of me. I spent another 20 minutes laughing and crying. Like, well, what about my sisters? What about my family? What about skating? So to jump you up to another point you'll probably throw in is I go lay in this room, which is where my now ex-wife was laying with my son who was four or five at the time. She sits up unbeknownst to her. She never remembers it. This mini like eight to 10 minute speech. Why are we fighting? Why is life like this? This is crazy. Saying all this stuff with her eyes closed. And I wake up the next day. And I'm like, I'm just going to seek Jesus. I'm going to save the Lord. And she's more like, well, you're not Catholic. You've never been baptized. So for three weeks, I get after Jesus. She starts going like something has happened here. He doesn't care about this, this, this. She comes to faith in three weeks. And we're remarried in about three months. And today, I mean, my son is 19. He's asleep in that room. He was sick with a fever yesterday. My daughter, Eden Avery, is 12, is asleep in the room I came to faith in. And Jude, come here, buddy. Jude, come here. I'll have my nine-year-old just in 10 come in. So the cool thing about this is when you go speak at schools or churches and people hear this, it's one thing. But when they realize that, you know, go over here. What's up, Jude? <laughs> you hear him? Yeah. They put this in. <laughs> he said, what's up, Jude? What's up, Jude? Hi. So when you realize that it's one thing for God to save me, but I have a 19-year-old whose parents are remarried, a daughter who's probably, <laughs> she'll kill me for this, snoring out in that room. <laughs> this little guy, he wouldn't be my son if it wasn't for Christ. That makes it very real. That doesn't prove to anyone, you know, that it's real. You good? Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> He's shy too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but that's the point is, is, this is the important thing, and we, we'll just even say this before we go into whatever you want to go, but our faith is completely subjective. You don't get to know God is real because you see me. He deals with this. He deals within me. He deals within you. We could both sound crazy to people. There's Muslims who've died for their faith, and there's Buddhists out there setting themselves on fire for peace. But if you want to know about God, it is you and him. You have to deal with him. And... If you hear his voice, don't harden his heart. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Even for Jude, as much as he's like, yeah, I'm a believer, all the questions about the Bible and that, he has to have this moment where he knows. I don't mean this, you know, heavens opening and God descending and all the rest. Jude, buddy, lower that down real quick. But he has to have that moment where he knows that he knows like you did, like I did. So that's kind of, yeah, that's the moment for me. Yeah, like I... I always thought like so I was raised in a Christian home and my yeah. dad's a pastor so I was just thinking like yeah I'm a, I'm a Christian like I read my bible yeah. and people, 
and stuff like that. And I shared Jesus, but it was when yeah. I was 15 years old. And yeah. it, was at, it was at conference, I was at a service and I just felt the Holy Spirit hit me. Like, have you ever asked yeah. your heart? Like, have you mm-hmm. ever accepted me? And yeah. I just felt convicted. I was like, no, I, I haven't <laughs> recognized that. I'm like not a Christian just because my parents, like just because my parents are Christians doesn't mean I'm a Christian. Yeah. Well, a lot of people say that, you know, I've gone and spoke at schools where people have said, you know, I'm an atheist, but I used to be a Christian and I love atheists. I love agnostics. I love having real supposed scientific debates with people, you know? And I said, well, you used to be a Christian. They're like, well, yeah. And I go, well, what did that mean? Did it mean you went to church? Yeah. Did it mean you had a Bible? Yeah. Did it mean you sung the songs? Yeah. But where are you born again? Well, yeah. Wait a minute. You're claiming that that's real, that that really happened? They're like, well, if you weren't born again, you weren't a Christian. If you didn't encounter the risen Christ, you were never a Christian. So that's the difference. That's when God does his supernatural work. And once you know, you know. You might have gone to church with grandpa. You might have done whatever. So. That's the extent of it, you know? So that's, that's the kind of, that's where the faith journey came in. And then any questions around that or what? Well, I was, that means so, um, I know what um, really yeah. hit me was, so uh, since I was a skateboarder and like, okay. Christian and my mom was like, hey, I heard this movie called Hard Flip. Okay. Christian skateboarders. I'm like, there's, I was like, there's Christian skateboarders, and I watched it, and I saw like you and Christian Soy, and I was like, wow. I'm like, yeah. And I remember when the one scene where you came in and yeah, said to the guy, you're like, you know, like drugs, and alcohol. That's not the answer. And he said, well, what is the answer? He held up yeah. the skateboard. And it was Jesus. I was like, wow, that's so good. And my birthday was coming up. And I said, mom, dad you get me that skateboard and seriously ever since then i've been riding alliance boards because so i'm your favorite fake actor right yeah (laughs) me and de niro yeah (laughs) he's from new york right well the cool thing about this and and people got to understand is paul walked around they're papyrus they're the scrolls some people today are like what do we even use all the social media Paul would use everything. He said, become all things to all men. He'd use the letter, books weren't even written, and all the rest of it. And so there's people that love film. There's people that want to make projects. And obviously in skating, you spend so much time in front of a camera, and you're so conscious of it, and you want your video part, and this this look of you, and every trick, no hands down. Then you're in the Christian realm. My buddy Johnny, my friend Matt actually had called me and said, hey, I did this movie with this guy. This guy, John, he wants to do a skate film. What do you think about it? And he says, you know, the Christian films, so they're not always as crazy Hollywood. Well, here's the thing. You're telling a story about a gospel and a family and things that to the world might seem cheesy. Anyway, and whenever you make some kind of skate movie that's not only pure you skating, it's got things tied to it. And so some skaters are so like, we don't want to go near anything. I'm like, look, this is a skate movie, but it's not really. This is a movie about someone's life and faith. And when I talked to Johnny in that room right there, and he and here's what's crazy. A lady came out to our church, very Pentecostal lady, and she was praying at the end of service. And I was a deacon. I went down there, and I went down to pray for someone. And I said, Lord, I don't want people just to start trying to prophesy over me. I'm not into that. And she pointed at me. She barely knew me, and she said, Brian. She's like, Brian, 
you're going to have a ministry to do with film and you're going to do this and do this. And it was the next day the guy called me. So I'm just wow. saying, I wouldn't have given three months of my time to help produce a film, do all this stuff, whatever I would. I mean, I love it. Even if something, and I'm not saying it's corny, but I'm saying it's a very serious Christian film about someone in the movie that comes to faith. So Johnny, you called me going back into this. Cause obviously the film had an effect on you. And he's like, would you help come in and help with some of the skating? I want to write some scenes in. And so as I'm recording all that, I didn't know. Am I meant to be like an angel or the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's and so we, we don't know. Supposed we don't know. Supposed to be like a skateboarding angel or something? I'm like, it's like, it's like Yoda in Star Wars. We don't know where he <laughs> came from. But with me, yeah. at least you know, like, okay, because, you know, it does say you'll entertain angels unawares. And in Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm guessing they were the same size. So perhaps that's who I was. Yeah. So, you know, I did a lot of the stunt work and I had a couple of scenes with some of the people in there, but I love that stuff. I mean, Johnny has gone on and made five or six, seven, eight films getting better and better, bigger and bigger. And I, and I totally defend all the stuff he does. The people are hating on it. But when you watch that film, you see a mom, a dad, a son, you see something that reaches a generation. And of course, you know, that isn't Jesus on the board, but it's what represents him, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, sure. yeah. Hey, Jude, turn that down a little bit, buddy. See, now I'm a dad. I got different <laughs> deals going on. Like, yeah. No, I just, real quick. yeah, no, but I want to make yeah, sure so you can just hear me. Yeah. He's just chilling yeah, on the couch. I can, yeah, I can totally hear you. Good. But yeah, so that was the film. So then you've seen that movie. Did you end up? Getting the skateboard or what? Yeah, ended up getting a skateboard. I, I got the <laughs> one with Jesus stepping on the devil's head. Okay, cool. Um, the, Gen the Genesis 3 one, Krishna's yeah. head, yeah. My mom said that's the only time you can have a devil on a skateboard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I forget <laughs> who it was. Awesome. There was a theologian that's like, this is the best representation of, you know, that prophecy in Genesis 3.15 of, of the son of Jesus crushing the serpent's head. So... Yeah, and it's still available today. We still put them out because skateboards carry a feel. You know, there's so many things on there that we just want something that someone can go into a store. If I was a Christian, my son wants a skateboard and I can get him something that you're going to now take home and look at. And it's going to have an effect on you. And you're going to see theologically in that image, Jesus wins. Jesus is the one who went to the grave and resurrected. The serpent, Satan got crushed. That's huge. All your issues, all your struggles, though you're going to live through them. This is, this is the world we live in. But knowing Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, that's right there. You know what I mean? So it's a visual idea of the scripture. So, okay, so that happens. And back to your point, I was a pastor at the time. I mean, I'm not a pastor in a sense where really we could do a million podcasts on all these different things, knowing your calling and I was a skater and I was on top of my game and I was riding for Tony Hawk and suddenly I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not going to go travel the world where I've got to restore my marriage. My wife wants to have more kids. We're homebodies anyway. As much as I travel and do ministry, we're homebodies. And so I got planted a church out here in Huntington with Christian Asoy um, and he just started having me come to like his uncle's little skate night and share your story and then people like Luis Palau or Franklin Graham would invite you out. Hey, come speak. This is a skater guy. You go out there to be the BMX guys or the motor guys or the surfers. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm sharing my faith. I don't know what God's doing. And now I was raised in a kind of very evangelistic church. I mean, and once I came to faith at 24, Jesus is making his way into my video parts. There's crosses, there's scriptures. I'm just realizing I'm an evangelist. And so I'd go to skate parks and spend more time talking about God than 
skating. And so before long, that starts moving. The skate whale, the Christian skate whale, which is huge, I'm now traveling a lot doing it. Soon I'm doing, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 times I'm traveling a year. That begins to be like 100 times. I don't go much more than three or four days at a time unless it's, you know, with family or friends. And so now I'm at a stage where I'm probably hitting 30-something. I've been doing this. The I Am Second video goes everywhere. The Billy Graham, My Hope America, you know, all the 700 Club and all those Christian TV things, they are all doing videos on you and parts and you're going. So you're influencing kids that looked up to you, but then you're now getting into theology and Bible school and the rest. And so for me, our home church just said, Brian, for you to go do anything else is crazy. And they go, you lead missions trips, you go all over the world and you're full-time engaged. You know, our marriage has been restored. I wrote a marriage book called Never Fails, obviously love, but left that word out, never fails. And I do a lot of preaching and teaching on marriage. So our church said, you need to step out in faith and invite people to partner with you, which was hard for me. I, I always worked super hard. And I'm around all these people that run these big companies, like, you know, the Quicksilvers, the Rukas, all the rest of it. These people are all wealthy. It'd be easy to go try and start something, but this call to an evangelist. And I literally, our church put me before the church and said, Brian's stepping out. Who wants to become a monthly partner? Who wants to support Brian set out a website and be willing to just do this. And since doing that, and I want to say about 2013, I've been able to go 100, 200 times a year, just not to go everywhere, but to proclaim the gospel, preach and teach in churches. And I'm a volunteer pastor at our church, volunteer staff. They support somewhat. And basically what's crazy is I'm in a stage now where, like yesterday, I get an email saying, hey, this much support came in. That money will hit the bank today. It's ran through a nonprofit. I don't ever really know what's coming in other than Lord. I look more to my calendar. When can we get back to Costa Rica? What school am I speaking at? What podcast like this am I doing? And that's it. Because Paul told Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. They say only 8% of people that feel called to be an evangelist will actually live it out. I don't mean doing evangelism. That's every Christian, you know, we're a chosen generation. But the actual office of it, where even people hearing this, if they're evangelistic or Christian, are like, man, we got to go. And that's the summary of the whole message. You know, follow me, I'll make you fish as a man. He showed us how to do it for three and a half years, died, resurrected, and gave us the exact same message. All authority I've been given, go. Our lives, this podcast only exists to fare to the kingdom. Bring skating in, bring surfing in, enjoy things, play pool, play whatever. That's fine. But we're left here now as his priests, prophets, kings, to go and live this call out. So how do I go from Liverpool to here? The Lord, you know, so I'm 41 and you don't retire from this stuff. And I'm just like, Lord, I believe you're providing for my future. I'm trusting you with each day. And there's there's been a crazy amount of fruit. Just we did a podcast the other week, you know, to a guy probably your age in the Philippines, you know, hey, Pastor Brian, you know, he gets on with me and he's, and you know, very respectful. We're going to do this podcast. We've never done it. We're going to see what happens. A hundred kids, almost a hundred kids in the Philippines. And whether they came on because here's this American, whether it's because they're at home, you know, only two hours a week, they can go out because of this whole virus. Whether they know I'm a skater, they sat and listened for an hour and a half unpacking scriptures, 
asking questions, all making fun of each other's names. And then when they were done, they went into the Instagram and started messaging me, Pastor Brian. And I'm like, okay, so God, you just used a Zoom in the middle of my afternoon to allow me to speak into a hundred people potentially lives. I mean, that's crazy. You know what I mean? That, that's, that, I'm just saying that to say who knows where once this is recorded, the amount of places or people will hear it and realize that every day is an opportunity, a divine appointment to minister into people. I don't mean just speaking scripture right at them. I mean, loving them, living them, serving them, living them and serving them. But yes, seasoning it with the grace of God. So that's where I am today. Yeah. <laughs> In your podcast, Foolishness, yep. you also did a movie called Foolishness. You, yeah. Christian Story did it. Yep. And that, that a lot of those guys. Deal. So that, that, that's amazing. And, yeah, that's on Amazon as well. I mean, it's yeah. something we did years ago. We gave a load away. And then a friend had said, why don't you allow a company to take it and put it out there? And I don't even think I get anything for it. But it's on Amazon. Um, and the heart is just the people would watch it. It's 60 minutes with about... I want to say there's probably 50 or 60 scriptures in there and it's all worship and a lot of skaters and some testimony. And the biggest witness I hear from that is people that like are driving across country and you just put that DVD in and you hear this music, very amazing Christian music, guys like Josh Harmony, my friend, Chris Jones, not just typical. And you hear all these verses and you see all these different people, you know, white, black, everything, Latino, which is relevant today, especially with all the riots and that. Yeah. And those kids hear those verses over and over and over. And someone like you, a pastor's kid at seven, eight, hearing that. I meet kids today, man, my dad got this movie 2009. And it just, God's using it, you know? So I'm saying that to boast in him, to be thankful. Yeah. The podcast we do, that. And one of the things you were asking was, what, what, do you, what does a typical day look like for you? Yeah, that's, that's what I was doing. But I see that that was a couple of questions I had. Yeah, any questions you have, man, let's just yeah, go into it. And also, I saw that was pretty cool that I'm a big fan of is your skate Bible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, you know, there's, there's just what can you put out there that people can go to? A kid like yourself that could be sitting in Alaska with five friends, you know, you'll watch 30 YouTube videos that day. And if six of those or one of those or six minutes of it pertains to your faith, God just uses that seed. So if there's so much other, you know, like Luis Palau said a couple of episodes back on my podcast, he's like, people are going through the internet and they're looking for things they shouldn't be. And, oh, I want to go see this, this. And who's this guy talking about Jesus? I mean, the most we can put out, God will use it. So, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, also, yeah. Also I was going to ask Jesus, all right, I got like side note. Like, yeah. I was going to tell Jesus that I see on like his social media, like he, he can skate. Yeah. Jude is it? Listen, I mean, my oldest can skate. Like he was doing heel flip back fifties when he was like 12 and he didn't even realize it. Now he teaches people lessons and he surfs and skates like crazy. My daughter is almost getting her kick flips, but grinding boxes and that. But Jude, his language is skating. I mean, he just got on a ramp. And probably within, I'd say, a week or two was better than me. And I was pro. I'm not like a ramp guy, but I'm saying he landed kickflip front boards yesterday, almost doing kickflip front feebles, just very natural. And even that should say, you know, like Rabbi Zacharias, who just passed away not so long ago, 
I remember hearing him say, you know, when you go play baseball with your kids, uh, use baseball to shape them and to speak into them. So if this is how I'm going to get to relate to my son, taking him skating, going to the skate park, him seeing how I'm acting and me trying to encourage him. If it's the generation of skaters, so be it. I'm actually at the skate park more now, talking to more moms and dads than I was when I was just... Because the other thing is, it's, let's say you're 36 and you grew up watching me, buying those pro audio shoes, watching all those videos. If you hear that I'm coming to speak in your hometown, you're like, why is this guy that I used to watch that maybe you had a poster of or something? Why is he going to the church? Meanwhile, your marriage is shaky or you've got an addiction or you're just bitter at God or you're a Christian. God is using this whole generation of whatever I was around last 20, 30 years in that way. And now he's going to use my kids, which he is in whichever way they go live, you know, one craft. And she's all about art and painting and drawing. The other teaches lessons as web design and the little Grom just wants to skate. That's how we need to look at life. You know, your gift will make room for you. So yeah <laughs> do you think he's better than you or getting up there close to you, you he's you know everyone has their if i could go back and look at the tricks i did i always want to be able to do everything and i couldn't i couldn't nolly really good at track and nolly smith a rail nolly 180s but i'm not like a nolly crook nolly no slide guy and i look at what he can do and i'm like man there's things that he's just so natural at that when you go to park with him People notice, people see and go, this kid can skate. And I get messages today from just things I filmed yesterday. So I think, yes, as far as learning stuff, kids are further ahead. But I would say for sure. Now, the difference is going to be, are you willing to go and jump down a set of stairs and be willing to get hurt or willing to jump off a 15-stair handrail so that you can get that photo. I was very safe. I mean, it took me a while. I would look at something for 30 minutes and decide I'm willing to go. I'm probably not going to get that hurt. And that's up to him. And the other thing with me, maybe it's, it's a disability is my, my son was an all-star baseball player, my oldest. And I never really cared if he was going to go pro or not. It'd be great. But you could be the best Christian coach that makes a percentage of the money, provides for your family. That's really up to God and who I am just as the best example to all those kids, you could reach more people on the benches than on the mound. Yeah. You know what I mean? So my cats are over here shouting at me now. So, <laughs> yeah. so for my day, it's like, wake up. You're, I have a list in my phone. My alarm goes off. I'm like, Hey, I've got this podcast. I'm taking the day today to do nothing. I'm going to ride my bike downtown. There's meant to be some protests or riots. So I like to just get a feel of what's going on. You know, that's all up in the air. I'll do some editing later from the two podcasts I did yesterday. I'll be on the phone with a couple of pastors. I'll take my son skating somewhere, probably go eat somewhere with the family. And I just like to be doing stuff and then getting out a lot. I'm just, I love Huntington. It's just this corny little safe town. But generally my day would be three or four hours studying. If someone tells me like today, can you fill a pulpit on Sunday? I'll say yes, even with two days notice. I'll go back into the maybe 100 messages I have written down or I'll be getting on a flight to go somewhere leading people because the heart of the ministry I do, it's missions, marriages, ministry. Missions is going and, of course, equipping and encouraging. Pastors bring me in to preach to the church to get them all fired up to go, and it's all based on Scripture. The marriages part is doing marriages, helping couples, 
unpacking the book and just just basically meeting with you and your spouse or fiance at Starbucks for three hours and talking about the Bible. So much Christian counseling is more about systems than a lot of times about the word. And then missions, marriages, ministry, it is early. That's just whatever. Hey, go speak at a rehab. Hey, go do this thing downtown. Hey, can you go sit with someone at a hospital? So I wouldn't tell people to live this. You know, I wouldn't say to my son, do what I do. But once you know me, it just, it's, it's my call, you know? And the only hard thing is it's not for one specific thing. So when you're raising support, not everyone understands it, but once people do, they become an advocate for it. So it's, 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 I love it. You know, it wears you out at times, but I love it. And, and the thing I fear the most is your dad a lead pastor. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I say it every podcast, like I fear that the idea of planning a church because you, you're like a contractor. You can never please everyone. Something about your sermon wasn't right. Something about the way you smiled at someone wasn't right. And it's almost like we want the lead pastor to be God and he's not. And then his wife and his kids. And I mean, you know, so I am the lead pastors. I mean, as far as I don't want to do it, but I'm like, man, you guys are warriors. So <laughs> I'm in and out. I go in and shout at 100,000 people and I'm out. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I've definitely learned that being pastor is not just being up on stage on a Sunday. Like being in ministry <laughs> and evangelizing, being an evangelist too, is oh, yeah. behind the scenes. As yeah. Only an hour of it is presenting. You know, we yeah. do three services and Sunday they do say preaching is like eight hours work. So even sitting here in this chair, you know, I forgot to put a towel down. I got one of these cool wooden chairs on my wife's, but the two podcast yesterday and this, my back is like mad at me. But when you go preach, you're standing there. And even if you're relaxed, you're still holding posture. You're, you're presenting this thing you've been in for three or four. I mean, normally my sims take 12 to 15, 20 hours to, to prepare because I don't want to just say, here's 20, 30 minutes. I want to be like, you need to know what first Peter is about. Mm-hmm. And though I can know it, I need to know everything that everyone else can probably know right then to make it um, understandable. It is, but the context and then to see where the church is and speak that into people. And then what's the Lord highlighting to me? You can't get around. You just know I'm preaching this week from Monday to Sunday. You're thinking, and little things happen. I was on a podcast this day. Or I ran into a neighbor this. Or I ran a cat over. They all find their way into the emotions that might hit a, hit a, a sermon. So, yeah, that's awesome. Your dad, you know, lived out that call as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Good. And now his son's a Christian. So, I mean, God's given him, you know, blessed him in that sense. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. Trying to follow, follow his footsteps. I'm going to... Hillsong College. Okay, wow. Yeah, my buddy out here, Diego, he's a pastor of the Hillsong in um, Newport Beach and Costa Mesa. And I've been over and done a lot of stuff with those guys. And not as much lately. I did just see Christine Kane at the beach. What was it? Two Hillsong folks around, so. Yeah. And what's this background? Are you in the garage? Is that part of the house or what? Oh, this Are is you a church? At, yeah. A church or studio there. I should have thought that. Yeah. yeah. How far is the church from your house? It's about like 15 minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's not, it's not too far. It's perfect. That's where I've been Is before. the church open? Did you guys get to open this week or do they be a mellow? Yeah, they'd be a mellow. Like I'm doing like virtual like that. But yeah. this, this Sunday we're doing like outside service. We can okay. drive up like that. So. Yeah. 
I mean, that. and even that pressure, you know, everyone wants you to open, other people don't. People are just like, we want it like this or that. And I'm like, man, you just got to let it be what it is. As long as we're not being told we can't gather, you know what I mean? As long as it isn't an attack. But when you have Vegas shut down or New Orleans, it isn't personal. You know what I mean? It's yeah. So we want to be respectful. But yeah, as long as the word's getting out and communities there. So, yeah. All right. So I was, we're like closing out here. Just yeah. <laughs> wanna thank, thank you for coming on here. It's mm-hmm. great. Hear your story, man. Love it. Yeah. I hope it encourages people, you know, and maybe a kid will hear it and say, Dad, do you know who he is or his mom? And they were that generation. Or yeah. maybe that kid hears it and realizes, like, man, you know, we are living in a time where basketball, skateboarding, surfing, a lot of these sports didn't exist in Jesus' yeah. day. And this is America. People are looking to podcasts, looking to athletes and people. If your show is focused around Christian athletes or such, guys, get out there and use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to go be the next Tim Tebow or not, just lay it all at the Lord's feet. He's the one that has to provide our needs. He's made us that promise as a good, good father. Our thing is just doing what he's called us to do. And, and those things open the door. You want to find out what you're meant to do? Start serving. That will take you to a place of biblical destiny, you know. Yeah, so being a servant. Yeah. That's it. You know, so <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, man. It's cool. And then so you'll get the recording, you put that out. And yeah. then yeah, yeah, cool. I should have it like up in a couple of days. Yeah. Okay. Well yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Anything else? I just I'll close out in prayer. Perfect. Do that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that we got to have Brian on here and thank you that he got to share his testimony and learn a lot from him. And thank you, God, that you're with us here today and that we always know, just as Brian said, that we will Mm. be a servant, serving you, God. And I just pray that as today's world's going on, that you'll be with us and that we'll remember that you're with us every step of the way. And pray this in holy name, God. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, thank you. You know what? Thank if they need to hear from me, if they need to hear from me, go right to my Instagram, I'll answer. Yeah. And then BrianSumner.net being updated right now. Some guy on the East Coast owns BrianSumner.com and is owned it for like 20 years and okay. wants me to buy it, which I don't care about. BrianSumner.net sounds more evangelistic, like a net catching people. Yeah, it's like guys, sounding. There you go. But if yeah. I can help, if there's people going through hard times, marriage, depression, struggles, goofy skate questions hit me up i'll make the time as best i can so that's awesome thank you so much all right much. man well, well we'll hopefully meet before heaven so yeah. say what to your no. dad and everyone as well all right yeah, all right <laughs> all right god bless you thanks so